Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not that being dilly. Don't go around willy-nilly. Seems to us kind of silly. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcasts. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and uh, just doing the intro for you guys today, as usual. So today's interview was uh, definitely an interesting one, a lot of fun. We, uh, we interviewed a gentleman by the name of Keith Ross Nelson. Keith is a traveling comedian. He's got a couple of film credits to his name, and he has some very interesting stories about cats, kung fu, and stand of comedian-ness. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun interacting with him. He and I uh, sat down for almost about, uh, about 45 minutes and just kind of talked about all sorts of things. Now, before we get started into the episode, I do want to mention our sponsor for this episode, Mr. Neil Getzlow. Neil has been not only been on the show twice now, but also been a huge supporter of us and really helped get the show up and running. And for those of you guys who don't know, Neil wrote a book called Unmasked, Conquering Sexual Sin and Walking in Victory. We have a review of it on our website, themisfitfaction.com. We've talked to him multiple times. We've done Instagram Live with him. He has just been such a a big supporter of our show and just such a big part of why we're what we're doing. And if you guys are interested in reading his book, Unmasked, not only can you read our review, like I said, on our website, themisfitfaction.com, but you can go to Neil Getzlow, that's G E-T-Z-L-O-W.com and get a copy of his book for yourselves. And at checkout, if you guys use the code free ship, that's free ship, F-R-E-E-S-H-I-P, you'll get a uh, free shipping on us as a gift from uh, the Misfit Faction. I also want to mention that if you guys are looking to start your own podcast or join a podcast network like ours, if you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys can get one free month of hosting on Podbean on us. And if you guys are interested in starting a show, reach out to us. We would love to include you in our network. We're always looking for new shows, new content, new people to work with. So make sure to send us an email, misfitfaction at gmail.com. Or if you guys have your own service that you offer, an online coaching service, anything along those lines, a store that you do, you can also use our affiliate link, and that is sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction. And if you guys choose to use that, you also get $100 worth of free advertising, again, on us. That's sponsorship.podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. And of course, I cannot start an episode without mentioning one of our favorite sponsors, Raise Energy from Rep Sports. Guys, we use Raise Energy all over the network. You'll see it in all of our shows. We mention it, and we are big fans of their products. I have merchandise from them, I have products from them. I'm a big fan. And if you guys use the code MISFIT88 at checkout, you'll get 20% off any of your offers. And that is enough with the logistical stuff. And without further ado, now let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcast. As always, I'm Paul, I'm one of your hosts, and with me in the studio, or the Zoom studio as it is nowadays, we have actor, comedian, and just all around really nice guy who does kung fu and knows cats. So we're going to have some very fun discussions today. Mr. Keith Ross Nelson. Keith, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate oh, it. It's, it's my pleasure. We love having people on, and we love having people that are uh, probably funnier than me. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. We'll see. I don't know. Like Anybody who's listened to our show, it's like the same 17 jokes just rotated through with different people's names at this point. Hey, if the jokes work, you repeat them. 
All right. So rinse, it's like shampoo. Uh, Lather, rinse, shampoo. repeat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I kind of that saying, jack of all trades, master of none might be at, at appropriate for me, possibly. I got my hands in different things. What I find in life is sometimes if you're pushing on a door, after you push for a while, go and push another door. So I do a lot of things. I write directed a couple things and then act and do stand up and yeah I do a little bit of the kung fu which is uh fun all right so, so you know what that's that's where I'm going to start then because uh, sure. some some of our listeners may know some may not I have 25 years of martial arts experience whoa so I, I started when whoa. I I started when I was 10 years old and it, it was actually my career for a long time before I I, I moved to my current job so I, I'm very. Okay, so now I got to ask a question, yes. even though it's your show, because this is like. So you have, I have twelve and a half in. Okay. So literally, you've doubled down on me, which is, and and this is, you're going to like this actually. What I'm going to tell you. So when you go into our dojo, mm -hmm. on the wall it says, "Train only to master yourself." That's that's the only print anywhere in our dojo. So that was okay. That's a great mantra. But our we the guy that runs our dojo, he just moved to North Carolina, so he's turned it over to a grandmaster who's a seventh degree. He's a twelfth, and he's actually a premier grandmaster. And he's seventy four years old, and he's probably five eight, one hundred and fifty pounds. You know, white hair to here. Oh yeah, looks like looks like the most unthreatening, easy guy to beat, and he's just a beast. But he'll rock your and, world, yeah. Right, so. Here's what I learned, and I know you're going to appreciate this. And it's kind of funny because when you, I was talking to you before, you know, you're just talking back, you get a feel for people because they're just in their, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, calmness element. Mm -hmm. And just that whole thing, just breathe, you know, meditate or something like that. And the most important thing I learned in 12 and a half years, because you go in, right? And I'm sure you didn't do this at 10 years old, but you got to understand, I started really late. Mm -hmm. I'm the opposite of you. I started like in my 50s. The most, my mantra is, you never know. Oh, yeah. That's my mantra. And it's a great mantra. And here's why. Because the more martial arts you learn, the less you ever want to get in a fight. Oh, yeah. Because... The problems it causes, there's no good solution once you're in a fight. Mm -hmm. Because if, okay, and this is what I always tell kids because they go, okay, you know, kids under 18, they always go, okay, teach me some kung fu. I go, okay, here's your first lesson. Don't get in a fight once you're over 18. Oh, yeah. So, and then the kids kind of look at you kind of strange, right? And they go, what are you talking about? You know, I want to learn kung fu. I go, I'm giving you your first lesson. I go, if you're going to fight after you're 18, make sure you have five grand in the bank. Oh, yeah. At least. So then, right? Oh. And then the kid looks at me and goes, well, What are you talking about? I go, Well, here's the first thing police are going to charge you with a felony, no matter what the fight was. Why? Because they want a good caller and they're hoping you don't have any money in the bank so that you get stuck with a public defender. Now, you might get a good public defender that only has a file maybe that thick, or you may get, get the guy that's got a file running from here to heaven and has no time for you. And if they can make that stick, that felony, that's a good caller for them. And now you're fucked for the rest of your life. All because you couldn't figure out a way to avoid another idiot. 
Now, the best case scenario for you, if you get in a fight and you have the five grand, three grand to bail out, let's say you've never been in a fight, a thousand for the attorney, because you don't want the public defender, and he gets the charges dismissed. So your best case scenario is maybe you beat this guy up. It costs you four grand. That's the best case scenario. So once I figured that out in my head, I go, okay, the only way I'm getting into if you slap my wife, a woman, a child or an animal, then I don't care about the five grand. But other than that, flip me off on the road, call me a motherfucker, whatever. I got no time for you or your bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. At least, well, in New York, it's a little bit different. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, with our new bail reform in New York, where basically you mm. can commit almost any crime, and you're just getting an appearance ticket, and you're, all right, see you later. But it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting time, especially nowadays. You know, there was a time like in the 80s and 90s where if you got into a fight with somebody, you just settled it. It was done. It was settled. You're that All right. right. Fight's over. We're done. Right. Like, I, right. I, you know, I still know guys that are like, you want to take this outside? I'm like, no. I, I don't have money I don't have money to to deal with this afterwards. Right, right, but right, right. it reminds me of uh, the Karate Kid, one of my favorite movies of all time. Everybody knows the Karate yeah. Kid, especially now with with Cobra Kai killing it right. on Netflix. Like that's right. what Mr. Miyagi says, he trains so that you don't have to fight. Right, right, right. And that's why I love the the mastery over yourself uh mantra and it's funny you mention the uh, I don't want to say like the stereotypical but like the visage of the grandmaster, the most right. intimidated I've ever been by anyone was our grandmaster. His name was uh, Grandmaster Byungman Kim and nicest guy you'll ever meet. Like he would give you the coat off your shoulder, off his back and, you know, then teach you how to do yeah. a really good kick. But we were in Korea. We actually trained in Korea for like 10 days we spent down there. It was during the World Taekwondo Expo. I got to say it was about 12 years ago is right before I went for master instructor and we would train at five o'clock in the morning. He'd we'd we all wake up and he'd go down there and he'd be like, all right, we're going to do kicks and he'd do this kick and he just put his foot like straight out and just hold it like it was weightless. And he'd just look around and talk to us and we're like, how, how do you do that? It's incredible. Yeah. 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 But the, the scariest though was when we did my, my master was going for his sort uh, like his next degree. And we, they performed in front of like 12 grandmasters. I was just in the audience and I was intimidated. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, we have to pass a review every three months. And usually on the pass and reviews, it's just three forms, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you'll find, you'll, you'll appreciate this too. We have two schools, one's in Burbank. And one's in Palmdale, Lancaster. Now, I don't know if you know anything about California, but Palmdale, Lancaster is like a, it's about 50 miles northeast of L.A. And it's a bedroom community. Everybody commutes to L.A. Mm -hmm. But it's like a perfect mixture of one third black, one third Latino, one third white. They get a lot of white supremacists up there. Mm -hmm. So the guys that end up going to that dojo come in kind of more angry and aggressive the guys at Burbank, almost all, all of them, probably 80% of them are in the arts. So they're, it's funny, like when you watch forms, the guys from Burbank, their forms always look more perfect and correct. But the guys from Palmdale are probably better fighters. Mm -hmm. But 
no matter, and it's funny because I'm so glad I went to the Burbank one because I came in, you know, all wired up and I had anger issues and stuff. And then, so Burbank was good for me because it calmed me down. Yeah. You know, down. But it's always fun, funny because no matter how I do the form, it's always easier, softer. Every single time, no matter how, how hard I, it's because, you know, on the degrees, you know, first is earth, second. I don't know how it works in your, are you Taekwondo then? Taekwondo, and I've also studied uh, Kabuto Karate. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I used to I think just, I was such a badass. <laughs> and this, see, this makes me laugh because this is another thing. It's like, you can be really, really well-trained in your art. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, there's a, it's like cars, you know, there's a Dodge Challenger, then there's a Stingray, and then there's a, you know, there's a uh, MGB and they all do different things well. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, but it's different. So there's always that to deal with. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite yeah. things that people always ask is, who would win in a fight? You or this other person that does martial arts? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> if, if we were both real martial artists, we wouldn't be fighting. Let's start there. <laughs> you know, that's something he said. I don't know. I was probably my seventh year. And he said, if you ever get into start to get into it with somebody and you see them drop their center of gravity and turn sideways, like settle. You know? Oh, no. He goes, it's better you both bow to each other and go the other way because there's going to be a lot of damage done to both of you. Oh, God. Yeah. Because you're not going to. And, and I never forgot that because it's like. You, you know, you got 25 years experience, so yeah, probably you're going to shred me. But, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. I'm 6'4", So I know that somebody that would fight, if I was fighting me, I'm going to try to take me to the ground immediately. Mm -hmm. Because 90% of people I have to reach on. Okay? Now, knowing that, right, you're going to try to get inside my hands and then take me to the ground. But my thing is, I'm an old guy. If I'm going to the ground, my thumbs are taking your eyes. Yeah. Because I'm an old guy, and once you take me to the ground, you're going to hurt me really bad. So it's like, do it. there's another reason not to get in a fight. Mm -hmm. you know? Because you start talking about tracheas and eyes and stuff like that. The things that they don't show in like the movies and the TV right. shows. The things they don't show in the movies, the things you don't see in UFC because they're against the rules out there. Yeah, especially like I've seen actual fights and I remember once I saw two, two kids going at it and one kid – the one kid was, was asking for it. He used a slur that you don't use anymore especially for the other kid's sexual orientation. And respect to that kid, he – he threw one punch, just cold cocked him for saying it. And uh, the kid spun and hit the wall and ended up breaking his nose from hitting the wall. Yeah. But because they were juveniles, the parents didn't want to pursue it in any way. So, you know, it's it's interesting. Fighting is it's glorified in all these movies, especially martial arts yeah. fighting. Like you can watch like don't get me wrong, I love throwing on like a movie like the matrix or the raid and just watching like these incredible athletes, you know, Jackie Chan, I was all about it back in the day, you know, even still, like I wouldn't want to fight Jackie Chan, but I, I love how the movies make it seem like it's the coolest thing. But in right. real life, like you get into a fight now, especially as adults, especially against the wrong people, you can't just go up and like knock somebody out for saying a mean word to you anymore. Right, 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 like back right. in the day. But it, it's interesting. I, 
I'm I'm glad that we managed to start off with this conversation because this, this is yeah. great. I, I really enjoy it. But I'll even say the worst martial art injury I ever got was actually training. Wasn't even like fighting or wasn't even like competing. We were training with this gentleman. His name was Sensei Jojo. And I'm not sure if that was his actual name or if that's just what he asked us to call him because his because <laughs> he was he was like literally from Japan, like the the coolest dude you'd ever meet. You know, big big dude. He did uh, Kabuto karate, which was a uh, weapons karate. So it specializes in just weapon use and traditional jiu-jitsu, not Brazilian jiu-jitsu that everybody knows, but Japanese jiu-jitsu. So we were training with okay, these. So hold on. Yeah. I could ask you a question. What is the difference between Japanese jiu-jitsu and Brazilian? Not much is the correct answer. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's just been incorporated in, it's very, it's like, you know, Taekwondo and other like punching and kicking martial arts, they're pretty similar. They're just like Taekwondo and Tang Sudo, almost the exact same thing. but just country of origin and minor minor changes in style but um we were training with these thick wooden bows you know everybody knows like the bow staff that's you know like donatello from the ninja turtles but these are like combat bows like they they are thick like they you can like easily really hurt somebody and we were doing a drill where we had to block and i guess i wasn't doing it right and he's like oh no no like this takes the bow and he's like countering me and then he just cracks me right in the ribs and everyone in that class including my instructors who were who were taking the class with me because this was a specialty class they all went oh and i was like i think he might have like bruised a rib just like super casually and it was so fast i didn't even realize what happened Uh, that that brings up another interesting point so and different different places are different right at our school we're always told to do the forms and the animals uh slow mm-hmm. because the, the beliefs of one of the things in our system is from slowness comes speed from softness oh. so and and even when we train and do phase training you know it's always slow because mm-hmm. otherwise there'd be nobody left in class so and that's our process so very rarely have i done things fast right. but and it, our, our our grandmaster always says, you know, you'll just you'll be surprised how fast you are after a couple of years. I'm just doing it, you know, doing the same movement, you know, because, you know, it's kind of like Carnegie Hall practice, practice, practice. That's how you get to Carnegie. And you know this. And then also the fact that when you do something over and over and over, it's the same thing. Unlike insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different something different. Yep. In, in training doing the thing over and over and over creates permanent muscle memory. And that permanent muscle memory becomes faster and faster and faster. So that was another hodge come to Jesus, always respect everybody else's moment. Cause I couldn't believe how fast I was the first couple of times I did it fast. And this was after eight or nine years and I'm going, okay, if I'm an old man and granted I'm in really good shape for my age, but if I'm an old man, I'm this fast. Imagine how another third degree is that's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. It started at 10 like you. Imagine how fast he is. <laughs> and then then you're right back to respect everybody and everything. Oh, yeah. And and you can always tell when somebody's going to square up with you, if you, you know, oh, this is going to suck. Oh, I got you as you were drinking. That was my bad. That was my bad. But like, there, there's nothing worse than like if you're about to like spar or, or or even just partner with somebody for drills, and like they just turn it on immediately, and you're like, oh no, what did I get myself into? Yeah, we were doing phase one time, 
And one of our guys, he's a fifth degree. He's a master because at fourth, you get your master's in ours. Well, you get your fourth and then somewhere in the next year, they give you the white jacket. Okay. This guy's the biggest guy in our class. He's only six feet, but he's two eight. And, and dude, he, he didn't pull his punch enough. And here's the crazy thing. I, I would guess he hit me with about 30%. Not a, it's because we were phased, right? Yeah. But it, it was enough. He got me in the diaphragm down immediately. Oh, yeah. And that stuck with me because I'm going like, what would he have done if it had been full force? Oh, yeah. Right? Oof. So the, our premier craftsman, he'll come by like when you're doing sit-ups every once in a while when you're standing there and give you that that the, the whack man. yep the whack yeah he, he loves doing the whack and he loves doing it to me for what i get away with so much more in class than anybody else everybody else is really i crack jokes and stuff and then he always goes i'm taking that you know and he because he really he's come and see my shows a couple times but when he does that you know thing it's probably 20%, but he feel, you feel like he left an indentation. Oh, yeah. Like there's like a, like a, one of those old school cartoons where you got to <laughs> exhale and it pops back out. It's, it's the only way to describe it. Like yeah. Roger Rabbit style. Oh, God. <laughs> if I hear that in your stand-up, I'm, I'm going to sue for copyright, just so you know. Because that's what we do nowadays. We all sue for copyright. It's all copyright. Oh, Everything's God. copywritten. <laughs> All right, so let, let's jump off the martial arts track because I feel like we could do a whole three-hour discussion just on martial arts and martial arts experience. Yeah. So one of the other things you wanted to bring up was cats. And I, and I know I, I have to ask, why cats? Because we have a lot. Yeah, yeah, how many cats? All right, what would you think would be a lot? Well, I have one, and I think that's way too many. So I, I don't think I am the best guest or the, the best guesser at this situation currently. I'll be honest though, and okay, I, I'll, I'll tell so, you. Yeah, go, you can tell me how many you have first, and then I'll tell you the story of the one cat. <laughs> oh, I got. So we've got indoors thirty-two. Oh my god! On the front yard six. And two in the back. So the total is 40. God, I hope you guys don't have a studio apartment uh, too. No, no, no. It's a house and it's <laughs> on uh, horse property. What happened when we moved in 2015, we had three. Mm -hmm. But then my, my wife, the day, she pulls this like the day before we're going to move. She says, because uh, there was two on the back porch. We were feeding in her town. She goes, well, I'm not moving unless you get those two. Okay. And I'm like, I said, sweetie, those are feral cats. Well, you better buy a trap and get them. And I said, well, you know, they got to go to the vet because you can't put them inside with our other cats. Let mm them -hmm. check. <sighs> so I trap them. I take them to the vet. The vet calls me the next day. We're, it's like the day we're moving. She says, okay, they're both fixed. I gave them their, she says, the one's fixed. I gave him his shots. I gave the other two shots. The other one's pregnant. Oh no. Four kittens. So that took us right away from five to nine. So, and, and, and the vet says to me, well, I can get rid of them. And I go, well, then I gotta, I said, I gotta talk to my wife first. Well, I already know what she's going to do. Uh, but I couldn't live with myself doing that and then not tell her. Yeah. You know, it would have weighed, weighed on me. So anyway, so that's how we get to nine. We move over here and, you know, then uh, people move. 
you know, they leave and they leave their animals. Right. And my wife's a nurse and she just can't say no. So she's definitely a hoarder. I'm talking low because she doesn't like me talking about it. <laughs> well, my wife's not but, here. So when I tell my story about cats, I'm going to say it loud. <laughs> well, I already know your story because you just brought your wife into it. <laughs> well, ironically enough, it's very similar to yours. And I'm, I'm, starting to con- I'm starting to be a little concerned that you're actually just me from the future. And I'm really getting worried. <laughs> oh, well, by the way, let me jump on that. Yes. They say. And oh, by the well, let me backtrack a little. So, anyways, through meanwhile, we're feeding. So then we we're nine inside. We're feeding cats in the front yard. Everything's fine. But then these cats are getting pregnant. So now I'm trapping cats once a week, taking them to the shelter and seeing me and getting a fix, trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got to so many. But they say the third cat is the gateway cat. Oh no. Once you get to three, you'll start getting more. So if your wife gets two, you'll be fine. If you get to three, I do a joke in my say the third is the gateway cat. Well, apparently three, two is the insanity cat. <laughs> That's where you cross the threshold. <laughs> I said, right. I said, basically, ladies and gentlemen, the inside of our house is the United States. The front door is the port of entry. The rest of the neighborhoods, the world... I'm Trump trying to keep the cats out. My wife's Biden bringing them in. I'm sure she loves that analogy. <laughs> so my day, by the way, my day starts every day when I'm at home, unless I'm on the road. Nine litter boxes and then 45 minutes of Kung Fu. If that won't chill you out, I don't know what will. Oh, God. I could do the 45 minutes of martial arts training, but nine litter boxes. Wow. I'm very lucky my wife takes care of, like, the litter boxes. Like, I'll I'll help every once in a while, but I'll tell our cat story very quickly because we we have a cat. His name is Maze. We call him Maze the Pod Cat because every once in a while, he'll make appearances on the the podcast. On our Instagram, you can find pictures of him. Like, he's a weirdo. So we moved into this nice little townhouse when we first got engaged, and we had a mother cat take up residence underneath our deck. Now, I work out at 4 o'clock in the morning. Like, I wake up, I work out, and then I go to work. And I remember it's like 4, 15, 4, 20. I'm like having you know my tea. I'm just having a little breakfast before I train. And I hear this meowing. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I must be going crazy because my wife is a cat person. I'm a dog person because that's how it works. Right, right, right. Then you get married. So I hear this cat. I'm like, that's weird because I'm downstairs in our basement because this is kind of like my space. And a few weeks later, this cat gives birth underneath our deck to four kittens. And I'm like, shit, because my wife is the cat person, killer cat mom. She has, you know, so she does what any person of a rational mind starts doing. She starts feeding the damn things. So now she's putting little things of food out there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do that because once you start feeding them. So now we have five cats who have taken up residence and she's loving it because they're all little babies. And she's like sending me pictures and I'm like, stop interacting with the cats. I was like, did you call out the SPCA yet? No. Did you call the, you know, the Humane Society yet? No. Are you gonna? No. Now we've got like the neighborhood kids are coming over and they're actually on our property. I'm like, guys, you got to get off our property because if you get hurt from these cats, I feel like I'm getting sued. Our HOAs like asking us about it. And we're like, so we ended up calling the Humane Society and they're like, well, you have to trap them and bring them to us. I was like, the hell I do. 
you have one job. Like, come get these cats. So we, our neighbor ends up trapping them because he, we have a shared deck and they were kind of taking up residence on both. And of course, she's already named one. And I was like, no, like I already know where this is going and I know where, it, where it's progressing to. So we end up, they take the cats to a, an organization called Advocats in the area. And we end up, of course, adopting one of them and they fix the mom and the mom is still running around our neighborhood, which is the funniest thing. Like this is almost a year and a half later. Mom's still wait, running wait, around. Wait, hold on, back up. Yep. How did the mom get fixed and then end up back in your neighborhood? Because she was feral. They they said they had to release her. They could, that she was not tameable. Yeah, so they they literally just fixed her, gave her, her shots, and sent her right back to the neighborhood. So every once in a while, we still see her. It gives our cats our cat gets a lot of anxiety because you know, like, why did my mom abandon me? Why am I adopted? You know, questions that cats ask. Oh, I think we froze. There it is. Oh no no I'm here. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, you know, it's funny you should say that because you probably don't know this because you only have one, but we got 32. Oh, God. I can tell you every single one of their idiosyncrasies, personality traits. Oh, I bet. They're all different. Uh, they all have reactions different to different things. It's really crazy. Here's one good thing you'll like. Okay. Uh, cats, when they purr, give off a frequency that lines up with a frequency inside you and actually extends your life. Really? They're alive. Yeah, that's why the Egyptians, the Egyptians worshipped them for three reasons. Because, you know, the Egyptians had a big love affair with cats. Mm -hmm. One was because of that. But the other two reasons was, of course, they had no rats or poisonous snakes in their house. There you go. Look at that. Learning, learning cat facts today. The one thing I did not expect to learn today. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So now that we've done your kung fu and we've done cats, I gotta ask. Tell me a little bit about your stand up. How did that start? Like, what kind of shows do you like to do? What's your process? Anything like that? Yeah, the, the how I started kind of started by accident because I was in college and I was playing uh, two sports, and so I didn't have a lot of time to study. So mm -hmm. during lectures, what I would do is kind of sit in the middle towards the front. And you know those long ninety-minute lectures. Oh, I don't miss those kind of crack, Yeah, kind of crack jokes, just fooling around. And then one of my buddies said, "Oh, you, you should go to an open mic sometime." So you know, I go to an open mic, and then it's kind of like now it's like, "Oh, this is fun. I want to do this." Yeah. So that's it. Just kind of happened by accident, and then yeah, and now I've been doing it for since I don't know eighty-eight. Wow, that's so, awesome. Long, yeah, long time. So right now I'm doing mostly uh, cruise ships, which I really like. Mm -hmm. They take care of everything. They fly in. They reimburse you on everything. The crowds are good. A lot of uh, I I like them. They're they're a little bit harder because you got to have 90 minutes. So oh, that's a long set. It's a long set. Yeah. Well, you do three 30 minute sets. So one is PG, and then the other two are adult. Okay. So that, Whereas in a club, normally you do 45 minutes to an hour if you're the headline. So, mm -hmm. so that's kind of, that's kind of that. Yeah. So, so what, what other than the, yeah, other than the travel and the time zone changes, I, I love it. Yeah. If I could somehow do it every night and then just end up right back at my house, of course, that would be a, I don't well, know. I'd still be, 
of course, I'd be stuck with more days with the litter boxes, but you know, it is what it is. I don't know. Nowadays, it's it's much easier to do things like that. You know, like even right now, like doing a podcast interview over Zoom. Like, who knew we'd be here one day? It used to be uh, Skype. I remember Skype was the big one. Yeah, yeah. Who who thought in eighteen that the people that would be making money was a company called Zoom and people making masks? I, crazy, right? <laughs> like Johnson and Johnson stockholders were going home, like, man. This Purell's not really doing it for me. Oh my God! Did you guys hear about COVID? Get the masks. The masks that were used to be thirty-eight cents a mask. Now they're like twelve dollars a mask. Right. And now they're talking about getting rid of the mask completely. But then what might happen is we'll go maskless probably from April till October, and then winter there'll be another surge. Then that'll be the time to buy mask stock again. Oh God! It's it's you can't make it up. Like this roller coaster. Yeah. Right, it's just a nightmare. Do you do you yeah. find that any of this stuff has impacted you know like your com- your comedy or you know? Oh any, yeah, yeah. Like when I go on the ship, uh, the first thing as I walk on, they take my passport, then they test me, and then I'm tested every two days. And when I go on the ship, you know, I have three goals: mm-hmm. don't test positive, have really good shows. Get off the ship negative, and then does the check clear? That's all I care about. Yeah. Do good shows, test negative. So that test, like usually, like if I get off the ship on a Saturday, they test me the day before. Dude, I swear to God, it's like it's like being in Vegas and betting a million dollars on something. That that test the day before I'm to get off, I'm just just come up negative, come up negative, come up negative. You know. I mean, the, uh, odds, the odds are good, 50-50. I'll take those odds in Vegas. Yeah, but the problem is if you test positive, then you're stuck on the ship for 10 more days. Oh, they, and they, they quarantine you in your room. That's, that's, not a good, that's not a good look for me. No, no, absolutely not. You so know, that's, the, that's the scariest thing right now is just pot, you know, testing positive and end up quarantined. So, so far, three months in, everything's been good. That's good. I'm glad. Now you also have, according to your IMDb, IMDb page, I can talk. I'm a podcaster. Got a couple of uh, some film and TV credits to your name. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your work? Yeah, I have the the mostly independent movies. The two biggest ones were, this is kind of funny, Mobsters and Mormons and RM. They were like Mormon comedies, which is kind of an oxymoron, but or an oxymoron. Ah, there it is. Um, there you go. And uh, so for a while, I was kind of big in uh, Utah. If I ever went up there and was walking around malls, people would like, you know, oh, you're the guy from the Mormon, so, you're the Mormon, like the Mormon star. Yeah, the Mormon star. So that was about 10 years ago. And then uh, my most recent was uh, I shot, I actually shot a TV pilot. And then we, this is crazy. We had a deal and it turned out she was, the deal was going to be with a, a black production company, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to take the deal because it was a black production company. Really? Yeah, and I had to call my agent, who happens to be black, who is still my agent, and tell her, by the way, this isn't going to go through because the person I chose to work with is uh, uh, an idiot. Yeah. Oh. She didn't, Apparently, she doesn't understand the only color that matters is green. I, I, can, I can get behind that. You know, I'm I'm very lucky. My my wife is black, so you know we we have a very good 
back and forth sometimes about just the way the world is and the world is crazy unfortunately like especially with stuff like that like come on who cares i just care dude, if you're not respectful then we have a problem like that that's my biggest thing respect is my I, biggest thing dude, dude, I, I totally agree with you my wife now is uh, filipina my first wife was mexican i got a joke in my act i said because i have grandsons you know mm-hmm. and i say you live in phoenix and they're 17, 15, 13, and they get straight A's in school. Oh, wow. And a couple months ago, this kid says to my Mexican uh, grandson, go back to Mexico. And he looked at the kid and he says, I'm in Mexico. One of your relatives renamed it Arizona. Oh, savage. Yes. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah. I don't know, like 2022 is such a weird year. Like, you know, last year was a lot of progressive beliefs. Like, you know, like who cares what, you know, color you are, what this, that, what that. But now it feels like we're starting to backslide a little. Right, now- because, it goes, because it, my daughter, she's a lot smarter than me. She's a Berkeley girl in philosophy. And she always says, uh, it's changing, but it's like, it's like baby steps. Mm-hmm. And it's really that saying, you know, that saying one step forward, two steps back, right. one step forward. It's a lot of that because when the powers that be feel that change coming, they're going to really, you know, it's like, it's like Kung Fu and Taekwondo, you know, if somebody's bigger than you and they push you, well, in any fight, you know, the, the tendency is that somebody pushes you, you push back. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's bigger than you, you, you take the loss and open the door and let them push you. Right. And, and throw them through a back window. It's kind of like that. You have to know when to push back on the powers that be and then when to let them push and throw themselves through the window. And create so there's the a opening. Lot of that. There, there's a lot of that going on right now because uh, the white supremacists, these idiots that, you know, can't jump out of the 17th century or wherever the fuck they're still living. Can't figure it out. So, and there's a lot of money on that far right, you know, but it's coming. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. always, it always comes down to money and who's got money, who doesn't have money, who's got power, who doesn't have power. It's just a mess, but uh, we are running a little low on time. So I like to, uh, this is my last question. And it's always my favorite question to ask. Cause I never know what I'm going to get. What is next for Mr. Keith Ross Nelson? What's in the future for uh, you, sir? Um, so, yeah, March 3rd through the 7th, I'm in Addison, suburb of Dallas at TK's. It's a brand new comedy club in Addison, Texas. So if you're in that area, I hope you come out. And I'll be on uh, next week, 19th through the 26th, I'll be on the Vista out of Galveston, Texas on Carnival Cruise Lines. Those are the two next. Love it. And now for uh, any of our listeners who want to kind of follow your career or follow a little bit about, you know, what you do, what's the best way for them to do that? Okay. So my website is keithrussnelson.org with the HTTP slash slash whatever in front. And then Instagram, really like your listeners to follow me on Instagram if they would like at, at Keith Russ Nelson. Yep. And if you go on our Instagram, you can actually find, we do have him as a follower. So just go through our follower list and just send him a request and you guys can uh, learn a little bit more about him besides our show, obviously. But that's going to wrap us up for uh, today. Keith, thank you so much for taking the time out to, to chat with us. This was, yeah, like it, it actually it surprisingly turned out way different than I anticipated, and that's why I love podcasting. You really never know, especially with comedians, because you have to be like 
100% on your game because if they find that you're not right there, then suddenly they're up here and you're like, oh, shit, I got to get up here. And then they're back down here. Yeah. It's, it's the yeah. best. But uh, Much like if they got in a fight with you, they suddenly find, wow, I need to up my game here. I'm in big trouble. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap us up with Keith. Keith, thank you so much again for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate Take care. It. Bye. Man, what a cool dude. Like, I, it's funny. Like, I just said it that we're talking with comedians is always a really interesting setup because don't get me wrong. I've spoken with a lot of actors who tell great stories about things that have happened to them. They talk about their work and they talk about things that aren't expected, but comedians, you gotta be just a little bit aware because they are so quick and so quick witted. And suddenly they're, they're dropping jokes that you're not ready for. And then like, you can hear it in our recording. There are plenty of times where we are just laughing hysterically. And I find that when I talk to comedians, the laughter is the best part about it. So I want to thank Keith for jumping in with us today. Make sure if you guys are on Instagram, you find him at Keith Ross Nelson. You can also go to his website, KeithRossNelson.org. All the common spelling, no uh, crazy spelling with that. So that's going to wrap us up for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, I'm Paul. And make sure you check out our website, TheMisfitFaction.com, for more content. You can also find us on Instagram, at MisfitFaction, YouTube, The Misfit Faction Media Network. You can listen to our other shows, The Multiverse, FanCast, and Cinematic Adventures. Find us on Apple, uh, Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.